You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Dave, how you doing today? Not bad, Nick. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Welcome to uh, season two of the Kitchen Table Finance podcast. Yeah, yeah, I like I like labeling it as season two. It sounds impressive. It's pretty cool. That's right. I made it made it through a whole year, a whole year, and a couple extra months in season one. So that's, that's right. Been it's been a fun ride. Looking forward to twenty twenty two. And speaking of twenty twenty two, today we are going to uh, make some make our predictions and for what's going to happen this year. I love it. This was one of my favorite episodes we did last year because it's, it's something I've talked about with clients for years, you know, with the idea being that every December and January, our inbox as advisors gets flooded with people telling us, you know, that are supposed to be professionals in the know, how the market's going to behave, you know, for the coming 12 months. And there'll be some really optimistic forecasts. In fact, most of them tend to be optimistic. And then there'll be some pessimistic ones. And if you average them all out and edit them together, We'd never go anywhere because because they cancel each other out. It's a, um, an interesting point that you made that they're usually optimistic because if you're in the investment business and you're trying to get people to invest, you better believe that it's okay. going to be worth it for the year, right? Right, right. <laughs> if, they, if, if they honestly in their heart thought it was going to be a really bad year, they would still try to find some some room for optimism somewhere. But uh, you know, you've got to be careful with that. On the other hand, you know. The markets usually go up if we look at history, right? Yeah. So you know, I mean, you're you're definitely got a better batting average going positive than you do negative, right? Right. <laughs> so you know, for the days for 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 today's discussion, I pulled a, a couple of uh, articles that kind of summarize a lot of the predictions that are out there. Forbes uh, puts together a nice summary every year and so does Bloomberg. Bloomberg's is actually searchable and they have like 500 different investment analysts' opinions on different topics. And so that's kind of a neat place. We'll have the link to these articles in the, uh, in the uh, show notes for this. But, you know, you see things like Forbes really going on on a limb here saying that, you know, further risk of COVID and what the Federal Reserve does with interest rates will probably be the biggest drivers as we head into 2022. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Really going on a limb there. And, so and one of my, and I think we talked about this at the last podcast, but one of my favorite quotes that I've heard about making predictions is if you're going to make bold predictions, make a lot of them because yeah, eventually right. one will stick and they, right. they won't remember the ones you got wrong, but they will right. remember the one you got right. They quote an analyst saying the biggest question heading into 2022 is whether some catalyst will finally drive a big sell-off. And it's, you know, when I read that, I was like, isn't that every investor's question every year? Like, is something bad going to happen? Do I need to be worried about this? Exactly. And it's, it's always the thing that nobody knows. <laughs> so, you know, Morgan Stanley's target for 2022 is at plus 9%. And Wells Fargo expects, uh, I'm sorry, Morgan Stanley's target is actually at 9% down on the S&P 500. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of uh, on the negative side. But then Morgan Stanley expects further strong gains. Sorry. Watching up all my names here, Wells Fargo expects strong gains, and U.S. Bank uh, predicts a plus eight percent gain. So, you know, kind of all over the map there. 
Just, it's just, you know, fascinating to me that we have all these investment firms and we can literally go from negative nine to like, I think I saw one at positive 12 or 13 mm-hmm. or something along those lines. Yeah. And so it just goes to show you that none of these, you know, if everybody had an 8% gain, that'd be one thing, but there's just such a range. It's kind of, it's interesting and, and somewhat scary to know that, you know, nobody really knows what's going on next year. And that's why, you know, these are just predictions. Pred- Predictions, not really a, a scientific look at things. As I was reading through some of the blurbs that the Bloomberg article compiled, I felt like I was reading fortune cookies. You know, the old, you know, how to be a tarot card reader or a fortune teller. This kind of goes with your comment about make a lot of predictions, but also make them vague enough that they they'll always be a little bit true, or that you've left yourself a little bit room if they're wrong. So you get you get gems like like this, marginally less accommodative monetary policy may weigh on equity valuations. That's from Barclays. <laughs> or we're very, we, we are wary of assets that are less liquid than others. That's from Columbia Threadneedle. So, uh, you know, whatever that, you want to conclude that. But if you make it vague enough, you're not really ever going to be wrong, right? You know, it, it's, the other thing, and we kind of are poking fun and, and having some fun with it. And, and I think a lot of these investment asset managers would say the same thing. This is kind of a fun exercise to do, yeah. but yeah. really at the end of the day, it means nothing. And especially in, in the thing about investing in the markets is that what happens in the short term is pretty irrelevant to, you know, your long-term goals and long-term right. success in investing. And, right. and so, you know, we can have, we can make predictions all day about what's going to happen this year, but you know, no matter what happens, it probably isn't going to affect the long-term outcome of investments. Right. Well, and always keeping in mind that the goal of, you know, Forbes, the goal of Bloomberg, the goal of Money Magazine, they're not, they're not there to necessarily give you the best push in the right direction with your finances. They're there to give you, get you to buy their magazine or click on their links. So it's a, it's an entertainment factor, not something that you should be making investment decisions based on. In summary, the outlooks this year are all over the map with the key problems and, and things to watch being inflation, being you know tax reform and uh, government stimulus. There's worries about COVID, of course, and worries about China. It, it plays like a broken record from last year. That it certainly does. Speaking of last year, uh, you and I made some predictions. So I'm curious if we can, if we um, go back through and see how we did. Well, I absolutely. And, you know, we were doing that. We should preface this by saying we were being tongue in cheek with our own predictions last year and a following suit for that. One of our one of our bold predictions was that something would happen during the year that would make you as an investor feel you should sell all your investments. And boy, that came true a couple of times, even though the market was the market was very stable last year overall. The worst downside on the S and P five hundred was a minus five percent. But we had headlines about the capital breach. We had the China housing market meltdown. We had Delta. We had Omicron. You know, you name it, uh, there were plenty of things to keep us on the edge of our seats last year, right? Yeah. And, you know, even looking back a year, you think that those things, that, when they're happening, are bigger than and then what maybe right. the long-term ramifications are. But, you know, true. And, and year in and year out, there's always something that goes on that makes you question where you're at from an investment standpoint. And yeah. 2021 was no different. My old standby when people ask me what the market's going to do, it was up and it was down. And 
And but I feel like we got. I, I feel like this was more wrong last year than most years, because like I was saying a minute ago, the the uh, S and P five hundred was only down from its highs five percent at one point during the year. That was the biggest pullback that we saw, and that was mid fall with inflation numbers and kind of coinciding with the China housing stuff. Most years we see a lot bigger, lot lot more volatility than we did last year, and. And I'll go out on a limb and say that in 2022, we'll see more volatility. I'll, I'll definitely buy in on that one for sure. <laughs> uh, but you're right. You know, yes, last year was a pretty tame year. Obviously, you know, we, we had the 5% drop, but in the grand scheme of things, that's a relatively tame year. So it did go up and down, but we'll give ourselves maybe a three out of four for that one because it, it didn't go down very much. So this one, this one we nailed. More, more, and it's another one that would be true just about every year, which is why we said it last year. But uh, I think this was particularly true in 2021. If you look back at the headlines, that some company stock is going to do really well, and you're going to wish you had bought it. Oh yeah, in yeah, 2021 was the year of the meme stock, right? With with these right. worthless entities getting Trump pumped up on you know, internet chat rooms to huge valuations. And there was really the year of FOMO, fear of missing out, that people were buying these stocks thinking that uh, it was just, they were just going to keep going up. And if they didn't buy them now, they were going to really regret it. Yeah, really um, very interesting, somewhat bizarre and, and crazy scenarios around those stocks in particular. And, you know, kind of the small investor versus the man and, and mm-hmm. kind of very interesting in, in terms of how that played out. And I'd be real interested if one of these, um, if they went back and, and kind of talked to some of these people now, you know, six, yeah. eight months afterwards to see if they were still holding on or what they did yeah. or if they made money yeah. or lost money. That'd be, that'd be real interesting. But yeah. definitely, you know, that was the big one that we, we saw last year. Are you a small business or a nonprofit that wants to market better? Of course you want to market better. Join heavy-hitting marketing agencies and experts at the Michigan Marketing Outstanding Brands Summit. All the big bosses will be there. 17 presentations on cutting-edge topics like brand dominance, how to make a logo that doesn't suck, figuring out what the heck SEO is, launching your own damn podcast, upcoming annoying changes for social media, creating videos that slay, and so much more. Win big prizes and take advantage of exclusive marketing training. Join the ranks of marketing bosses throughout Michigan and meet me, Amy Zander, the reigning marketing mobstress of Michigan. Mark Friday, May 6th, 2022 on your calendar. It's not too far away to start planning now. Follow Zedia Media on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for a chance to win tickets. Visit ZediaMedia.com for more information and to purchase tickets. That's Z-E-E-D-I-A-M-E-D-I-A.com. Your presence will be honored. Your absence will be noted. So this next one, I'm going to give us full credit on this one because in a way we nailed it, but I don't think it's really what we meant when we said it. We had we had predicted that uh, <laughs> most people would face an unexpected expense sometime during the year, and you know, at the time, I was thinking your hot water heater is going to die, the muffler is going to fall off your car, you're going to have something that you're going to be happy if you have a little extra money in the bank to deal with it, right? 
And what happened? We've all faced inflation this year. In this past year, there was the worst headline numbers we've seen in decades. I mean, it's um, something that we had almost forgotten about because it's been so tame and so small, but it, you know, it it kind of came out, came out like gangbusters with supply issues and and price pressures and and things of that nature. And it was definitely a big story in 2021. You know, we always, we always tell clients, whatever we plan, your plans are going to change, right? We're going to pick goals. We're going to set, set, you know, things we're going to try to achieve in a year or two down the road, you're going to decide you want to do something different. That's just human nature. So we threw that one out there, you know, as kind of a reminder to clients that sometime in the year, probably your plans are going to change. And, uh, you know, it was another year of, boy, can we book a vacation? Can we make travel plans? You know, it was sure. But I feel like we were pretty much spot on on that too. Yeah, well, and talk about some of the biggest changes. The um, what they're they're calling the Great Resignation, right? All these people leaving their jobs and starting businesses, or you know, getting into different industries, and and that's been you know a huge change on as far as the U.S. scale goes. Yeah, and we're still seeing clients, you know, reframing long-term goals, not maybe not as dramatic as a career change or resigning from a job, but around like what's really What's really important, it, you know, 2020 and then again in through 2021, we've seen kind of a refocus around, you know, family and looking for meaningful ways to spend money that maybe wasn't as important in 2019 or 2018. Yeah, absolutely. Our uh, biggest and least bold prediction for last year was <laughs> sound financial principles will always be the most important factor in your success. And, uh, I don't think we can go wrong stating that, right? Yeah, I think that's one that we're gonna have to carry through every year. Can that be yeah. our uh, predi- every our annual prediction? Well, Some financial principles will. I think it pretty much sums everything up, right? And you know, if you pay attention to your own income yeah. and your own expenses, and for the most part, ignore the noise in the markets and in the news, and don't make bad, hasty decisions based on what's going on around you you'll probably be all right. Stay disciplined, stick to your strategy. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, you're right. The biggest point of this is yes, there are predictions out there and yes, they're sensationalized, but the more you can ignore them, probably the better off you're going to be. Ignore the noise. And like you said, stick with the sound financial principles and, you know, that kind of slow and steady wins the race and you'll be in a position to do a lot of things that you want to do. There you go. I guess, the bottom line is people need to always keep in mind that if they built their portfolio properly, it wasn't built expecting things were always going to be great. It wasn't built on predictions. It was built on, you know, long-term how things tend to work together. And that means that it should mm-hmm. weather good times and bad times. And whatever Morgan Stanley or Wells Fargo thinks is going to happen this year is probably irrelevant. Right. Even if it comes true, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's probably irrelevant in the long grand scheme of things. So do we have some 2022 predictions of our own, Dave? Well, I, you know, I think everything we said last January still holds to that. I'm going to add, I'm going to add that the thing that's going to matter most in 2022 to the markets and our finances or how we feel about them isn't going to be something we've even thought of, you know? Kind of like 2020 oh, being yeah. a good example of this. 
you know, we talked about this on some show last year, but, you know, in early 20, in January, 2020, the predictions were all had to do with what was going to happen with China and tax reform and a few, you know, concerns about the uh, election. That was in January of 2020. And by mid-February of 2020, everybody was running around with their hair on fire, you know, uh, because the headlines had been totally seized by COVID. And that, I think, illustrates, you know, kind of the, kind of the futility of this whole exercise because, you know, you and I, and we've talked about our investment philosophy, but we believe that, you know, the market is pretty much an accurate reflection of everybody's expectations, right? Whatever it is today is based on everything we know. And it's going to be that thing we don't know that's going to move prices up or down, you know, that, that's, that's going to have that impact. It's going to be the thing we haven't thought about. And I, and I guess from our vantage point, the best way to prepare yourself for that is to understand that it can happen and what effect it might have on your portfolio. So when it does happen, you're ready for it, right? That the big mistake investors make a lot of times is they don't think it's going to happen so that when it does and, the, and then their portfolio's down, they react to it in a way that isn't helpful for their long-term success by selling or getting out or doing something that doesn't really help them in the long term. Because I kind of feel like this is going to become a New Year's tradition anyway. I'm going to actually pretend I work for Wells Fargo or Morgan Stanley for a second here. And I'm going to say that I expect at the end of the year, the S&P 500 is going to close up 5%. Oh, all right. I actually, in my mind, I was going to give uh, 6%. So we're on a pretty similar page. I'm writing this down. So 5% Dave, (laughs) 6% Nick. I'm going to add to that just so I can be more wrong that I expect volatility is going to be a lot higher and that there's going to be a lot more ups and downs in the meantime this year than what we saw last year. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to even quantify that. I, Some point we'll be down 10% on the S&P 500. Ooh, I like that. I like that. We're, um, we're, we're making bold predictions this year. <laughs> One thing that I would like to add to that, that I think will happen this year is I think that international stocks will outpace U.S stocks this year. It's my big, bold prediction. Okay. That's going in the notes. I'm going to add that this is going to be the year that small companies outperform. Okay. I like it. We're gonna have, it's it's going to be an interesting January, 2023 when, when we see how we did. I love it. And I, I, I now I kind of, you know, last year we were pretty fun and deep about it, but I kind of regret we didn't like nail down some real numbers. Just so we had this chance to uh, look silly there's a there's a sports blog i follow pretty regularly with a particular college team and on every uh every friday afternoon before a football game they do a game preview article and the last line is always great chance for me to look stupid and he predicts the score and uh <laughs> you know he's never been right but he actually <laughs> Or you know, chance for me to look silly or something like that, and, and so this is our yeah, chance. To right. Anything else uh, you'd add to that, Nick? Oh, not really. I'm trying to think of um, other things that might be helpful that we can make predictions on. So what? Well, so I've been thinking about. I've been reading up and, and hearing a lot about this, and, and we've done podcasts on cryptocurrency, and this is not a this is not a cryptocurrency prediction, but I do feel like, and we've talked about kind of the 
um, technology behind cryptocurrency. And I feel like this would be a year where we might see some of that a little bit more prevalent as it relates to the banking industry and um, specifically, you know, credit card processing and and moving money back and forth. I feel like we're going to see some advancements in that this year. So that would be my kind of market related, kind of not market related. But I feel like we've been talking about it and seeing some things for a couple of years. And this might be the year where we actually see that hit the market in some way, shape or form. I like it. Well, I think it's... uh... Other than that, Dave, the only other bold prediction that I have every year is that the Lions will not win the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's pretty bold. That's pretty bold. That's the only only guarantee that I'll make. (laughs) So um, this has been fun. And, you know, I I feel like we should add, you know, for, for people that tuned in expecting, you know, serious, you know, market analysis, we will be doing a, a market update here going into the first quarter, but, uh, you know, this is, this has been fun and, uh, I, I'm looking forward now to uh, January, 2023, when we can look back and see, uh, what actually played out. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, be sure to check out the show notes. We'll put the links to those articles we referenced in the show notes for you. And then also, like Dave said, we will be coming out with a more of a market analysis of kind of where things went last year and what that might mean for 2022 as well. So hope you enjoyed the predictions. If you have predictions of your own, we'd love to hear them. Send them to info at srbadvisors.com and we will catch up with you all soon. Thanks, Dave. Have a great day. Gather round and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.